Hello and welcome once again to the Smorgasbord podcast. I'm your host Dave Swan. This will be our final podcast for 2018, so I'd like to take this opportunity to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and thank you for tuning in. In this episode, I talk with none other than the Doc and Mr. Cutlap, Thomas Bexon and Jake Bowery of Thomas Surfboards. It's an extraordinary story of two blokes who have worked their absolute clackers off and are just starting to see the fruits of their labour. A globally renowned surfboard label, along with a brand new state-of-the-art super hip surfboard factory slash retail premises slash fitness centre slash barbershop slash creative space. It's incredible. Thomas and Jake share with me their passion for the craft of board building and how they have achieved what they have. The episode is once again brought to you by our broadcast partners, BOQ Budrum, DeBud. They're the guys to talk to about all your business and personal finance needs. Straight talking, down to earth, that's why we bank with them. Righto, let's get on with it. Enjoy my chat with Thomas Bexon and Jake Bowery of Thomas Surfboards. Each time I meet with you, I'm completely blown away. I think you and I first caught up, that was 2010. You were more or less starting to, starting out, shaping. Yeah. You, know, you were working at Hayden. You're doing, obviously, part-time boards, doing some ding repairs, working in a cafe, waiting tables. Two years later... More or less, I think it must have been 2011, 2012, you guys moved up to the Eni Creek Road, wasn't it? You might yeah, the new shipping road, container yeah. in the little garden shed. And then you've started out the two of it, you've gone into the first shed, then that's expanded into the next shed, bigger premises, then next minute you've kind of got the, the barbershop at the front, and you've added in the cafe, the retail space, I think that's 2015 couple of years later I catch up with you and I walk in here well 2018 and it just completely blows me away I just kind of look at the scale of it and I think there's progression but I suppose what you've done you're making everyone seem like they're they're standing still (laughs) it just completely blows me away and I was just really keen to see you know to explain I suppose the whole concept, you know, what you've got here, kind of what's going on and, and what you're more or less trying to achieve with this space. So. I think we've been as surprised as you are. Yeah, it's <laughs> the progression. It wasn't really like, you know, when I sat down with you in the cafe originally or even later at the old shed when we were first there, it wasn't like we had a plan at that point to be where it is now. It's just sort of evolved how it has it's sort of it's kind of felt pretty natural in terms of nothing was planned okay like we didn't have a strategy to back then to for it to be this now it just sort of happened the way it happened like when Malachi first came in on board with the barber shop it was just we knew Mal we knew that he was keen to open a barber shop somewhere we needed a bit more space hey let's share the shed next door you know we can go halves in the rent and it'll suit us both and it, yeah it definitely yeah, did that it informality though has kind of worked and it's yeah I think, and that's what keeps 
has made it appeal as well, you know, like it hasn't been a st- strategy that's been well planned and thought that's out. It's, <laughs> no, but the fact that it just happened the way it happened and evolved on its own made it appeal to us and I think to other people too because it's not, you know, was never a corporate plan to do this. It just sort of happened the way it happened and we're just... At the end of the day, we're just still doing what we want to do. Yeah. There's just more people involved in it and doing... that want to be involved and doing what they want to do and... So where did the plan, you know, hatch for, for here? Because what what month did you move in here? In March. Yeah, we March. opened... Yeah, Noosa Festival. Yeah. 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 So, what was there a lot of planning before going in here, or is there any you know sensitive kind of topics? No, 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 no. I'm just I'm really just curious because it is a, it is an incredible success story. I Probably just think you guys should be so proud. Been like a year and a half, and yeah, in the planning for this, we sort of got wind that we we never thought up the road was going to be you know it was always going to be temporary. So yeah. we got wind that. The temporary time might be coming to an end, <laughs> and um, we also had an opportunity with Andrew as well, and um, it all sort of happened organically with that as well. And at just, the end of the day, you don't want to keep spending money on a shed that's falling down that you yeah. don't know how long you're going to get to stay in it. So everyone thought the shed was awesome. We hated it because it leaked. It was shitty yeah. like it had a great vibe for everyone coming to it we had to go there every day and work it's a sauna in summer it yeah, just... you couldn't work past two yeah. o'clock in the afternoon in the office yeah. it was horrendous and then every time it rained the glass and roof flooded and we had birds fly like it was absolutely horrendous but everyone goes oh you're gonna miss the old shed <laughs> like <laughs> I have no bad feelings of it being knocked over and there'll be a petrol station there that's absolutely fine by me. <laughs> You mentioned Andrew. Do you want to elaborate? So, who Andrew is? Or? Um, our landlord. I mean, he kind of... We originally met him as a customer and he sort of just offered ad- advice to us if we wanted it on the business side of things. And we sort of, you know, sat down and talked to him and he knew our situation and where we were at and, you know, a growing business and whatnot. And he's sort of come on to help us with sort of achieve some of our goals and also provide the support needed to get into a building like this to be able to you know do what we want to do because it, it's not easy and it's not cheap no. so having having support to help reach those goals is pretty epic so is it primarily the the three of you and again if there's yeah, nothing yeah, you yeah. want to talk i'm just yeah, yeah. It is an incredible, you know, story. So yeah, so it was always Jake and I, and then Andrew's come on board now as well. And yeah, I mean, so how many square meters is it here now? Uh, a lot, <laughs> and it keeps growing. Yeah, we're not including the building next door. That's not really. Yeah, we're not in it, but it's about a, just under a thousand square meters that we're occupying with the barber shop. So, so take, take us through the various facets because I mean, yeah, there's so much to this place. Yeah, so it's the, good the barber shop, retail, and I guess you'd call it a cafe, um, but it's just coffee and um, drinks, and yeah, the retail space, and then the outdoor area, sort of just a communal hangout. 
Mm-hmm. And the heart of it's still the manufacturing. Everything is based around that, hence all the glass and everything. You know, like we wanted to create an open kitchen mm. kind of effect. Yeah, so people can see the yeah. boards being yeah. surfboard sort of, yeah. around the surfboard factory that people can actually see the one part that you don't normally see. You normally just see surfboards in a shop or maybe some Spot pictures of the shaping bay. You never actually get such a, a television view well, you, of the shape well, you of see the glass one board being made, not just, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the But here you can you look straight in on, from every angle in on the glassing room and you see all that, which... I know it's kind of, I think, for most people, the most interesting bit to watch, too. You get to see the resin tints going on boards. I mean, we get people, we get a lot of old people coming for a coffee and just sitting there watching. And, you know, lots, lots you of feel women. under pressure, mate, with everyone, oh, uh, <laughs> everyone watching you. To be honest, I, I got taken out of the email that was... Um, the plan for the windows. <laughs> it was the plan for the windows. Everyone gets to watch. Well, like. initially it was going to be a wall, and there was going to be two little windows in the shop, and that was great. And then I got added back in, and the decision in the windows had been made, and it was all glass walls. But to be honest, it's the best room ever. Like you feel like you're outside one. You're yeah, you don't feel like you're trapped in a glassing room. Nah, it As would a, be horrendous. I actually pulled them down the other night. We hosted a twenty-first here. And I was working whilst the party was on and I pulled them down and the room felt completely different. And it actually felt pretty small, even though it's a quite big room. Yeah. It felt horrible. So the windows are a great thing. <laughs> so it hasn't affected your fashion choice? No, no, no. <laughs> I did get all the boys matching suits to wear, but it's getting a bit warm at the moment. But no, it's, it, it's good. And it's so different. I Like if I didn't work here, I'd like to come and look in and watch. So, yeah. you know. But it's just a lot of non-surfers who come and they're fascinated by it because they've never seen it before. It's, it's more or less a creative hub. So, yeah. and, and so do you want to touch on that though? So I see there's, you know, photographers up here now. Or... Yeah, so we're sort of running like an art gallery sort of style space as well. Um, I've had a couple of different art shows and we've got another one coming soon. Yeah. Um, small photo photo studio that... We used to shoot our own stuff, boards, um, clothing, you know, T-shirts, stuff like that. Um, but then also other people come and use it. Yeah. Um, other people that share the share the sort of office space we have with us that you use a photo, photograph our stuff or photograph some stuff for other people. And it's, it, I suppose it's, there's obviously a heavy surf influence, but it's not necessarily surf-related up. Not necessarily. Surf no, related. there's a bit of a good mix, like graphic graphic design crew web guys and yeah, yeah web so it's collaborative space that has to be something that we can use with our business but then they can and is that something that you're, you're looking to actively promote as well that, that you do have that space available or not absolutely or? we're very picky about who we let go up there yeah hence why it's not an hence we'll never be invite <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's um yeah, it's something that we want to feel. Obviously, it's just yeah. you know, with the right people. And then the band room, that's pretty cool. Yeah, just, um, I mean, starting off a bit of a jam room. It still kind of is a jam room. I've recorded a, a couple of tracks that have been used on surf clips. Um, that sort of stuff we'll look to slowly do more of. Uh, Same on the podcast. Podcast sort of yeah. stuff. We get a lot of quite cool people through the whole area so we feel like it should be documented when they come through so yeah definitely and the upstairs is actually taken to 
shooting anyone that looks fairly cool walking through. He's a very good portrait photographer than the yeah. famous guys, so he's shooting a lot of the guys who come through the barbershop now. Mm-hmm. So, and Isn't there a, like a yoga studio as well? As- so we've got Pro Movement run by um, Dean and Jared, Dean Brady and Google Jared Bates. He's, um, so Dean's ex-pro surfer, Jared's yeah. ex-AFL, um, and they train. It's kind of like core fitness training. Yeah, Dean sort of a lot of ropes. And yeah, <laughs> a lot of, like, they, Brady trains all the local surf groms, all the good kids, yeah. surf coaching, a lot of that sort of stuff that's all wrapped up in. Mm. And there's a great crossover for us with a lot of our team riders are all training there. Me and Thomas are doing one session a week. And then, yeah, they offer yeah. yoga and Pilates as well, which all sort of fits real well with the surf meet. So, so how many people are here at any one point in time kind of thing, so... Staff or customers? <laughs> Staff, <laughs> affiliated businesses kind of thing? Probably so. be about 20 or so. Yeah, I think I did a count the other day. We were around yeah. 11 or 12 for just us. Yeah, Thomas Surfboards is about 10, 11 people. And then, wow. I mean, not all of those are full-time, you know. There's yeah. a couple of guys come in two days a week, one day, three days, you know. It's... A, bit of a mixed bag and then Still, I mean something again I'm not saying to be polite is you've got to be incredibly proud of it you know yeah. you started out part time then the two of you and you're kind of working your clackers off with the vision and then next minute you know you're employing yeah. people as well and, yeah. and you've created this unbelievable space so yeah. not too many people have done that <laughs> particularly in the surf industry you know and, and doing what you guys are doing yeah. so it's been a labour of love and hard work so there are, you were working ridiculous hours, still. Yeah, still pretty long hours. Yeah, and it all seems very sexy from the outside. But you <laughs> see, yeah, see, you know, Instagram makes it look very sexy. Exactly, that's, that's you know, the job of Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what we touched on every time. I, I can see how hard yeah. you guys work. Yeah, things. So, and I think that's possibly what you know. The romantic side of things. Oh yeah, I'd like to show the surf. But you want you want it to be portrayed as like romantic side. Yeah. No one wants to see that we're here sixty hours a week. You know. Like. And there is that romantic side of it. I mean, I I don't know. I'm pretty sure I could speak for you too. I don't, I can't think of another job I'd rather have still. Oh, yeah. You, you still know, still it, love doing. It. Yeah. That's it, 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 why we come to work every day. It's, yeah. 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 We come in. Our mates are the one you meet in the morning, making your coffee, and you hang out with your mates all day, and. You, wear a pair of board shorts like it's not that bad yeah you you were doing a lot of travel last time we caught up you know you're going to Bali and Japan and France and all that and that's obviously Still you've just come back <laughs> so has that has that lessened at all with the added responsibility of here or is that a harder to juggle or um it's harder for us both to leave yeah yeah it's kind of gotten easier now with Mel in a way like before you know two years ago travelling we're in France for three weeks and I'm spending half the day on the phone back and forth with Husni in the shop trying to organise shipping boards and stuff while I'm in France trying to know what's going out the door here yeah good to explain you know Um, Mel's role and how that's kind of added to the the operation but then you know now having Mel here who's looking after the books and the financial side of it and shipping and organising, doing a lot of that back-end stuff that people don't see as part of a surfboard business has taken a lot of pressure off and made the travelling and stuff a bit easier because 
I don't have to wake up in France every morning to a bunch of messages asking questions of where does this board need to go and who, you know, like it's kind of nice being able to just focus on what you're doing then and there and not have to worry as much about, you know, you catch up every couple of days with a message if there is a question <laughs> rather than five a day. You must be amazed, though, to see oh, it, the transition. Because you're a long-time, what, family friend or...? Um, yeah. Of my wife. wife yeah. But I think I knew you before, you and Kim. Yeah. Got wrinkles in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, and, and and I mean, yeah, you've seen, seen it before in your very eyes. I mean, you, yeah. you must be amazed. Oh, totally. And so stoked to be working here as well. Yeah. Like, it couldn't have come at a better time for me. And then... Yeah, these guys are wicked to work for. It's been really fun. You've got to say that a lot there. And even when they're not here. <laughs> it really is. They're both like, pretty cool peoples. Yeah. So you're still doing the overseas travel. Just uh, It's harder to, but you aren't doing as many trips? Or? Yeah. I think, and I think it's actually yeah. increased. Or yeah. And it's going to yeah, increase. Yeah, it's going to probably increase. If we get the staff running well here, it frees us up to push that side of the business. Yeah. Um, not that we're not involved in making the surfboards here, but you know we're training up young guys, especially in the glassing area. That you know, at this point in time, it's actually harder for me because if I don't turn up at six a.m., I've got staff not doing exactly. a whole lot. Not because yeah. they, you know, they don't want to do it. It's just that they need me. They need organising. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So I'm just working with that at the moment. But it, there's a light at the end of the tunnel with that. So mm. that would be able to mean that the factory just doesn't grind to a halt when we leave yeah and I just shape a bunch before I go like I just make sure I'm home for at least a month between trips so it gives me enough time to say alright I'm going to Japan for three weeks I need to leave at least 30 boards there so they've got stuff to do until I get back yeah, kind so, of thing. Because you were tag teaming so you're basically still doing that or are you getting yeah we went to France together to this year Thomas went on and did some stuff in Portugal um, we're just getting some more invites to go to different places so some of them Thomas will go on his own if if we're confident they'll be able to glass them to the degree we want them mm. Thomas can go on his own otherwise I'll go at the same time or I'll go behind him or whatever you know like it, I mean it's interesting you say yeah. the invites because it, you have more or less created a, a global brand I mean yeah. I mean every year now it's no one the world over I mean it's France, Bali, Japan, they're like kind of a given. They, yeah, they're well yeah. machines. Now yeah, they're... and it happens really easy now, like to do those trips. You kind of, you know, roughly when they're going to be, so you can kind of <coughs> plan ahead for it. Um, California's, I've done once or twice, and I'm definitely going to have to start doing more. Kind of need to make that a a regular thing once a year as well, just because the amount of emails and you know, messages I get on Instagram for boards over there is crazy. So, so supplying boards over there, it's it's when you go over, you're doing the boards over there, and that's how you're supplying, or are you actually shipping from here as well? Um, we ship to Japan from here. Yep. Um, but, but you also make boards in Japan too. Yeah, I'll shape, so. a, like I shaped 36 last week when I was there. Um, but it's sort of hard to ship anywhere else just because of the cost of shipping, the cost of the product coming out of Australia. You know, we pay nearly double for our materials to build a surfboard as what you pay in America. So mm. it's pretty hard to sell an Australian-made surfboard in 
California once you you're paying double for the materials plus the freight plus the plus import the tax. Plus, yeah. yeah, it's real hard to to do it. They're ending up twice the price of anything else over there. So the the best way is just to go there and do it, which isn't so bad anyway. You know, yeah. go there for a couple of weeks and shape a bunch of boards, have a few surfs, meet a few of the people that are ordering boards. You know, just have that. Connection with the scene, so the scene over there, which I think, like going to Japan and France every year, that's why we keep going back. And every time we go, there's more and more boards because we're going back and we're actually there shaping and passing boards. You're meeting the people buying the boards, you're going to the shops that are selling them. That keeps it going, and it drives the brand to be bigger by doing that. We could sell the license to shapers around the world. Mm. But that's not the part. It just but dies. You see that in France and Japan where they license it out and goes great for two or three years and then it just dies on its butt because the people don't have any connection yeah. with it. Whereas if you're there doing it, you know, I went to four or five shops this time that are the shops that we sell boards to and also go surfing with them in the morning. You hang out, you know, you say you're going to visit the shop, it's a day and a half experience or you surf twice you go to the shop you go out to dinner you end up drunk in an isekai at 1am with them <laughs> but you have the best time like it, it's definitely not work it's a hell of a good time yeah and you know you're hanging out with a bunch of their good customers like I met a guy this year we called him Mr Options that <laughs> for the last three years he's ordered a board every time I've been there and he goes to town like he wants abstract on one side of the inside foil of his keel fins with one side polished. I was like, dude, this is going to be the most expensive board ever, but he just loves it. And the fact that you're sitting there, you're doing it with him, you're having a laugh, you know, you're taking photos with each other and that's, I think, a big part of keeping, you know, we did over 100 boards to Japan this year, which is mind-blowing, you know. Five years ago, we'd made 100 boards. Yeah. Sort of thing. So it's it's pretty crazy. That leads into the next bit because I was keen to ask, I mean, you were, I suppose initially you are always focused on the old school designs and, you know, you were looking at, you know, your, your, your long boards, your logs, your, obviously your nose riders, yeah. hulls, mid-lengths, all that kind of thing, fish. That, you've really expanded, I suppose, what you're doing, you know, range-wise. Yeah. Can you give us a bit of an idea of that, I suppose, that development in terms of, what you're shaping it and why and things like that, yeah. that whole progression I guess I mean it originally started before we first met 10 years ago I was just mm. making the boards that I wanted mm. you know shaping what I wanted to ride and then that sort of as it grown has slowly changed I've evolved and try. you always want to try different stuff and ride new things and then you, you're making boards for Jake's daughter who wants you know four foot thruster shortboards you're like alright cool like, and it's all an interesting challenge because then you're starting to make stuff that you personally wouldn't ride you know it's way too small or a different style but it's all still making a surfboard and the more different types of boards you're making it just sort of makes it more interesting and that's probably expanded you know, I suppose your customer base too because oh, you're doing such yeah. a, a wider variety of boards I think it just it expands your skill base your, your customers and then we're being known for being able to shape anything is a pretty good, you know, attribute for a shaper. There's lots of guys who are famous for longboards and famous for shortboards, but mm. 
you know, we're moving into a market where why not have, like we've got great shortboard team riders now, you know, Cooper just won the Aussie titles, Lil's Queensland title holder, Dean riding our boards, I mean, he's yeah. one of the best, used to be one of the best free surfers in the world, and, you know, Thomas has proved he can shape a shortboard to a lot of people who would probably go, I'm not buying a shortboard from you because you're a longboard mm. shaper, you know, I don't think there's anyone else in the world really that's covering all bases like doing that. the variety of yeah. craft that you guys and do. at the end of the day it's just <laughs> just designing surfboards and it's just another another element of design you know like instead of making a board to go slow so you will sit there and nose ride you're making a board to go fast and you just it's just a different way of approaching the same thing and you just yeah and it's the same like even with the glass and it's the same we don't have one day that it's the same monotonous. We'll go in there and I'll decide, oh, today I'm going to do a 12-footer, tomorrow I'm going to do a 4-footer, you know. Like, and everything gets glassed differently. We've started with a few epoxy stuff now and that's pretty fun. It's all new and trying to do some colour work with epoxy. Keeps it interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'd get bored shitless if I was shaping... Nine six by twenty three by three every day. Yeah, and I'm sure Jake would get bored yeah. shaping glassing nine foot longboards every day. The fact that it's all right today, I'm going to shape a couple of five six thrusters, a twelve footer, and two fishes. Yeah, you know, like having that mixed bag definitely makes it more interesting. And it's just trying to be good at everything, you know. Like, you know, there's guys who are great at glassing white shortboards. They wouldn't be able to do a cut lap, but mm. I want to be able to white glass a white shortboard as good as anyone, but. Glass a colourful board. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, that was the one question that was funny because last time we caught up, I'd previously asked, you know, how do you continue to stay ahead of the game? You, you guys seem to always be a step ahead of the game. So your answer then was, you know, oh, well, we're always continuing to refresh our approach, you know. So how are you doing that today? I mean, you just continue to kind of... You know, you look at your, not just your boards, but your colour work, your, your glassing. It, it's always quite unique. I mean, where, does, where is that inspiration coming from? Because it, you tend to be leading trends all the time. And I'm not saying that to be polite. I'm just... You're just trying not to get bored. Yeah, I think it, it's 100% personal gain rather than for the customers. But I, in my opinion, I don't know yeah. about Thomas... I do things to make it more fun for me and stuff that I'm interested in. I'll see something. I don't tend to look at other people's surfboards. I try and look at... You get more inspired from other stuff. More inspired from going to an art gallery or seeing a building or something. But that... Good design. It's good design. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a car, a plane, a kitchen table. It's, you know, it's... When you see something that's designed and built really well, that that's more inspiring than just looking at a pretty picture of someone else's surfboard. Mm. I guess because we look yeah. at surfboards all day, but and being anal about quality is for us. It's not for the customer who's picking up because ninety percent of them don't really know what they're looking at. Mm. As in, they would pick up a, a pretty looking tinted board and think it's great. No, you want to you make a surfboard that another board builder would be exactly. impressed by you know like you want, you want Bob McTavish or you know Simon Anderson or someone if they see one of our boards they look at it and go this is a good surfboard that's mm. kind of what you're aiming to achieve when you make a surfboard I think because yeah, you want people that really know and understand to be the ones that look at it and go yeah no good job boys not 
And you finally you get them those accolades. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I think if those guys would appreciate what you're doing, then everyone else is. Sense of satisfaction. Yeah. Yeah. The customers should like it if they like it. So, you know. I mean, and I suppose part of that, you guys didn't anticipate or expect you to be where you are now. I mean, but what are the plans, I suppose, because you do have this entity that's just basically gone worldwide. What what are the plans for the brand? Is there, you know, what's the global domination? I mean, can't you go with the world? Yeah. I think we never want to, you know, be making 100 surfboards a week because that, I think, just kills anything, you know. There's a certain point you get to with the number of boards you're making where you still, there's still always got to be a desire to get a surfboard. Mm. You know, you don't... And we want to have total control over it rather than... Yeah. If it was 100 boards a week, you'd think we wouldn't be able to have the control over that. Yeah, we're not not involved in making that, you know. We still want to be... They're still got to be sort of coming from us, yet to less of an extent, but we're still involved in it. Mm. And I think that keeps a demand for it rather than, you know, just sending a file to a factory down the Gold Coast and then having 200 of these boards sitting out in a warehouse. It's like, that. that's not really our, our boards, you know. Yeah. And and in terms of the workspace here, I mean, because every time seemingly I walk in, there's a there's a new kind of little corner, there's a new little creative space. Is there, is there anything further that you're developing here? Or? Oh, it's, I mean, we just wanted to see it at its full potential you know like it's the last couple of weeks it's been getting busier with people shooting in the studio and putting art pieces up and it's and just all the other elements that you know like the design of a surfboard you're inspired from other areas you know uh, music photography all that stuff is a big part of surfing and your name on beer now too yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what's, the, what's the go with the, the beer um, we just, like beer. Yeah. <laughs> so do I. Yeah. Our friend around the corner, Tim, running Land and Sea, they're just sort of just talking and drinking beer and thought it'd be a cool idea to yeah, do a little do collab. A collab. Yeah. yeah, so we got to go there making it. We got to, you know, pick the type of beer that we made and, you know. We made a couple of boards to match the cans and there's a little promo video to go with it. And, yeah, just a fun little project. And because we do a lot of events here now... Mm-hmm. It's nice to have a beer that we can serve with our name on it as well. So, yeah, definitely. And more plans there at all on on that side of things. On the no. event side of things, we'd like to see. I mean, we've got all sorts of ideas that people could have their weddings here or parties or mm. whatever. We host style parties and you know, surf events, movie events, music events, little yeah. gallery shows. You know, we're gonna. In a few weeks, we've got to... Because you've done your movie nights and everything. Yeah, yeah. we'll show some movies. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll have a little opening night when we change the art gallery and hang fresh art, mix uh, group art show soon. So we'll just, you know, put on a few beers and some music and people come hang out for a couple of hours and then that show will stay up for a month. Yeah. And do it all again. That's awesome. Well, thanks once again for tuning in, Smorgasporters. I hope you enjoyed my chat with the boys from Thomas Surfboards in Noosa. If you want to read more, remember you can do so 
by going to smorgasporter.com.au. Get yourself a digital download for free or subscribe for a home delivery subscription to Smorgasporter. 25 bucks gets you four editions a year. As I mentioned earlier, this is our final podcast for 2018, but we will be back. We will be back in 2019. Until then, have a safe and Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, get wet, share some waves, have some fun. Check you later.